Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to Security and Secure, hosted by Johnny Seifert. This is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same mantra as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe to Security and Secure whilst you're listening. And at the end of the episode, leave a five-star rating and a review. Now, let me tell you about my guest today. My guest today has become a Netflix star. She's part of the new dating show focusing on dating in the Jewish community around the world on Jewish matchmaking. And when she's not finding herself love, she's getting her favourite restaurants and love through her social media agency, 1084 Media. So without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome to Sukuniska as we go across the pond to my first international guest in Miami. It's Danny Bergman. Hello, Danny. Hi, Johnny. How are you? Very good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me because I absolutely love Jewish matchmaking on Netflix. Jewish myself, single myself. I thought I'm going to learn about the world and also hope that it will get to the UK so then I can have the experience as well. So let's go. Before we talk about that whole experience, let's go. Let's talk about being Jewish because it's quite unique, isn't it? It's a very different type of community than what other people have who are listening. Yes, definitely. And I think that, you know, Elisa put it a really good way in the show that there are 13 million Jews and 13 million different ways to be Jewish. The Jewish community, as you know, is very small. I think there's like a third degree connection to almost everyone. I know myself that I've found a new cousin that lives in Florida ever since the show has come out. Um, This person that I'm connected to. So um, it's a small it's a small Jewish world out here. So how do you identify yourself as being Jewish? Because there's the Judaism, which is the religion side, and that's the Torah, which is the Bible. And then there's the Jewish side when it comes to the culture. So where do you fit into that scale? Definitely. So I'm more culturally Jewish, meaning I um, identify with, you know, the values and the culture of the of the religion. I would say, you know, family is a core value that the Jewish people hold. And that's something that I really strongly connect to. Doing Shabbat on Friday nights, spending time with family, being able to disconnect is super great for building a strong foundation. And also it's a really good time. I think that there's obviously a large spectrum of how to observe Judaism. And I would say that I'm more on the culturally traditional side of things. When it comes to raising a family, I want to raise them you know, how I was raised, which was we were kosher in the house. We didn't mix milk and meat. We didn't eat seafood, stuff like that. But, and we also did Shabbat. We did the high holidays, but we weren't going to synagogue all the time. Uh, We didn't keep Shabbat, meaning we didn't 
there's no electricity on Shabbat, no driving. It's a day of rest. So we didn't observe that to that extent. It was more so family dinners. And then Saturdays was the weekend. I would say, you know, when it comes to raising a family, that's what I would want my Jewish values to hold. And then, you know, when people, when the children get to 18 years old, they're able to decide for themselves how they want to proceed practicing the religion. Well, absolutely. I mean, when I moved out at 26 years old and bought my flat, the first thing I said was, look, I'll be kosher in the flat, but I've grown up having Chinese takeaways on paper plates and I need to have it on a China plate because it always soaks through. <laughs> so that was the first stage. Then it was, well, I can buy breaded chicken because the bread is touching the, the pan, not the chicken bit, if it's from a supermarket. And then I was like, this is too expensive. I'm just going to go and buy non-kosher meat. And then I kind of migrated. And I think that's kind of what a lot of my friends have done. But it's funny because you're right. When you get to a certain age, you've got to make those decisions for yourself and think about what do you want? What what are your values? Not what my parents' values are, because it changes generation to generation. Definitely. And I think for me, you know, the whole thing with Judaism is I would never want my religion to stop me from having experiences. So when it comes to food, obviously, I work with restaurants. So I'm I have the availability to eat at some of the greatest restaurants in Miami, experience different kinds of foods. And I do, I love to dine out. Being able to make those decisions for myself, I was grown, I was raised with very strong Jewish values. And when I turned, you know, when I left the house, I was able to explore a little bit, see what I want to observe and what I don't. And, you know, now being 27, I think I have a very good idea of how I am at this point in my life, and then also what I want to see for when I start to have children and raise a family. At 27, you know, I own my own business. I live in Miami. I'm single. Being able to have those experiences that may not fit into the traditional sense of Judaism is not something that is so available to me because of my job and my lifestyle. It's interesting because I live in Northwest London. I've grown up in a Jewish bubble. I went to the biggest Jewish school in Europe. And so everyone, like you said before, the six degrees of separation, I know everyone. So I've never really left the bubble. So I'm friends with a couple of non-Jewish people through work, but that's kind of it. I don't have a group of non-Jewish friends. What's it like in Miami? Is it as close-knit as we have it here in London? Yeah, I mean, the Jewish community in Miami is very tight-knit. But, you know, I also have non-Jewish friends and non-Jewish connections. I think that having the wide array of people in your life really exposes you to the world and what's going on in different religions and different places. I've always had non-Jewish friends. And it's interesting to say that it's hard to leave the bubble. I think for me, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles and I went to Jewish school most of my life. And then when I was in middle school, I switched from going to Jewish schools to going to a public school. And that's actually when I had my first exposure to people that weren't Jewish. And I think that it, I would say that it really opened me up to more of what's happening in the world and how people think. So using your psychology degree that you've got, what did you think about the people who have stayed in the Jewish school system and then going into that world where they're so sheltered and being wrapped in a very, very tight bubble compared to obviously the experience you've had that you've stopped that and had your own way of actually looking at the world and having your own perceptions based on the people you know, rather than what you've been told through the media. I think there's nothing wrong with, you know, staying close knit to your religion and your bubble if that's what you want, right? Everyone's experiences are very different when it comes to observing of any religion. And I think that the people that want to see other 
parts and ways of the world, they will do so. That's at least what I found. And let's bring dating into this then. Because, you know, again, using your psychology degree, 27 years old, beautiful Jewish girl. What's not gone right so far for you? Oof. Well, as you see in the show, I tend to pick the bad boys, the ones that don't want to commit. So, and I also think it's very difficult to find, I would like to marry Jewish. It is important to me. It's important to my family. I think that it makes raising family much easier when it comes to tradition. In Jewish dating, it's very hard to find someone that's exactly the match that you are when it comes to your level of observance, you know, where you come from, what kind of meat you eat, if it's kosher, if it's not, if you, if you keep kosher, if you keep this holiday, Um, There's so much to observing the Jewish religion that it's very hard to find someone that is exactly how you are. And I think in what I've found recently, specifically, you know, in dating with more intention and dating for marriage, that no one is going to be your exact, it's very hard to find your exact match. I'm not going to say that no one's going to be it because it's definitely possible, but, you know, just like in any relationship, relationships require, you know, compromising and and discussion and communication about what it is that you want to see for your future and making sure that those values align. And I think that, you know, with Jewish dating specifically, there are so many ways that people observe. I know people that, you know, are kosher, but they don't keep Shabbat. I know people that aren't kosher at all and they don't celebrate anything. I know people that, you know, are Shomer Shabbat, but they'll eat this. So there's so many different ways where you can pick and choose how you want to celebrate the religion. And it's just, it's just difficult to find the one. And it's interesting you say that because you're right. It's not just a case of what's going wrong in your dating life day to day of just being out there. It's there's that level of just having a boyfriend, but then there's also another level of having a Jewish boyfriend and it comes with another load of complexities. I mean, I'm on Hinge. I've been on Hinge for about 10 years now and it's very hard because either you know everyone or there's just not enough Jewish people in the area and you run out of matches of people to swipe for. And so when you're stuck in that bubble and everyone's like, well, go out, go to a bar, go and meet someone. They might not be Jewish. Is that a problem? And you're like, well, it is, but you can't really explain it. It's hard. I mean, it's hard out here. I think it's hard for dating for any religion, honestly, in today's day and age, I think the dating apps make things very impersonable and it's, it becomes like a game and it's very hard to build strong, genuine connections on online. Then you use a matchmaker. Dear Elisa Ben Shalom was your matchmaker. I've had a matchmaker as well, and I'm very interested. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much I can say about my experience because uh, that person might be listening to this podcast. It was an experience. I'll say that I had ten dates, and uh, there wasn't a single girl that matched to any requirements that I wanted, which uh, <laughs> made it great for me. Um, I found that having a matchmaker, but it really actually hurt my mental health because I'd go ready for these dates and you go, right, okay. So for example, if you're on Hinge, right, and you swipe and you start talking to that person, you know kind of where you're going to conversation will start, you know what to expect. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Doing a matchmaking scheme where you filled out your question, you think, oh my God, so I've not been able to find anyone. At loss, someone knows me better than me and has got the perfect girl. And so you go to the date, you're all excited, you sit down and then you take one look at the girl comes and you're like, no, this isn't what I look for. I don't even feel physically attracted, let alone on a level. And then you feel like, oh, I'm just rejected. Like Even if a matchmaker can't do it, how's anyone going to ever find me love? What was it like for you though? I honestly had a really great experience with Aliza. I think that immediately her and I clicked when we met. Aliza did grow up more secular and then later in her life turned more religious, which I think gives her the upper hand maybe in in relation to other matchmakers because she understands and sees both worlds, you know. I think Jewish matchmaking specifically is is usually the more orthodox uh side of things, but Aliza really brings her the other side of how she grew up secularly into the process. So I had a really great experience with Aliza. She did a really good job at trying to find someone that met my religious level, uh, my lifestyle, what I wanted physically, family oriented and stuff like that. I think that with matchmakers, there's something that has to be said about a referral in any capacity in People, relationships, business, when you're referred to someone, it's just a higher level of connection than meeting someone online or even just organically because that person has good things to say about them. And with Aliza, you know, we know that she's looking for people that are serious about a relationship. So that's one thing that you don't even have to think about with dating online or dating in the real world because. When you're dating um, without a matchmaker, you sometimes you wonder, oh, is this person actually looking for something serious? Maybe they want something casual. It's a conversation you have to have. I think with a matchmaker, that question is usually out out of the question. So I think that's what that would have I have to say about matchmakers referrals, just like in any part of your life. It's going to be important. It makes you take things more seriously too. 
And how do you find going on a date through a matchmaker when you don't necessarily have those things in common overtly with the person? You're having to actually try even harder to get to know why did they match us? It's not as simple as going, oh, yeah, well, we spoke about that. We spoke about that. I like that you did that and I like you did that. I think at the end of the day, it's my decision, right? So I went into a lot of these dates blind and I went into it as if I was going out with a friend. I think that's my biggest that's my biggest strength when it comes to dating. I really tell myself that I'm just going out with my friends and it takes that pressure away from needing to impress somebody and the dating side of things. And I just had a good time with it, honestly. So what did you learn about yourself then through those experiences? I learned that I tend to look over some of the red flags that I may see and I need to be more intentional with the men that I date. that's that's a very good lesson very good lesson and what about the fame side of it obviously it's a netflix show everyone can watch it now you're getting a massive following on instagram and your tiktoks and you've got this new platform where i'm seeing your confidence come out of jumping on those tiktok trends now how are you dealing (laughs) with that fame side and are you wanting to get more famous as well as obviously find a jewish person um but are you looking for that celebrity profile as well as having the partner Well, I think that what's really interesting is, you know, going into the show, we don't see the cuts at all until the world sees the cuts. So I was very happy with the way the show portrayed me. I think they did a very good job of portraying who I am as a person, which is silly. It's confident. It's bold. And I think the feedback that I've been getting has been that self-confidence and knowing your self-worth is really important in today's dating world. And I think that message resonates with a lot of women who are dating in today's generation. So I'm just excited to keep spreading that, that message and helping people get through the dating life that we have to live. Final question for you, Danny. Right, this is my favorite question. It's actually what I ask on dates. What is your go-to ideal Friday night dinner? I want to know starter, main course, dessert, afters. Wow. Okay. So first of all, I'm a huge dessert person. I have to close out every single meal with something sweet. So we are fans of dessert. I would say starter, I like some sort of soup. I like a tomato basil soup. Delicious. Main, always medium rare steak some potatoes, some veggies, some salad, dessert. Ooh, dessert's hard. Dessert, desserts. Anything chocolate, honestly. So this this would be your Friday night dinner, having tomato basil soup and then a steak as your Friday night dinner? Yeah. Really? I'm a huge steak person. Yeah, but this isn't Friday night dinner food, Danny. What do you mean? Well, My family well, comes from South Africa. Yeah, so? We're all about meats in South Africa. It's the chopped liver and the egg mayo of the pickles and some really nice colour. The chicken soup with all the trimmings. Then the full roast dinner. And then, uh, yeah, like a nice chopped seed dessert afterwards. But you need the chopped liver and the chicken soup and the colour. You can't put colour. Well, the colour, obviously. I thought the colour was implied. Oh, so oh, there we go. There we go. It's implied. <laughs> it's implied. Oh, Danny, thank You can watch the Jewish Matchmaker on Netflix. And you love Netflix, then on Circadian Skirt in the library, we've got episodes of The Cast of Too Hot to Handle and also X on the Beach as well. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star rating and a review. And remember, it's okay to not be okay. On social media, Danny's on Instagram at Danny I'm Bergs, and I'm at Johnny Seifert at Circadian Skirt Podcast. Please do subscribe to Circadian Skirt, leave a five-star rating and a review. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Johnny Seifert. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.